Hello everyone, today on Scottish Memories we are chatting to Sanjeev Kohli. So how are you all? I hope you are all happy and healthy and safe out there wherever you are. It's been a little while since we've had a Scottish Memories but I am over the moon with the guests we have today. Although Series 3 will be very staggered and all over the place. It won't be weekly. I apologise about that. I hope you're okay. But let's dive in. Today on Scottish Memories, we're chatting to Sanjeev Kohli. You'll recognise Sanjeev from some incredible programmes like Gary Tank Commander, Rab C. Nisbet, River City, Cold Feet, Stan and Ollie, Bob Servant Independent, Fresh Meat, Holby City, and not to mention, of course, still game to name but a few. Sanjeev, hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's, oh, I'm over the moon to have you on, plus to have you as my first guest of Series 3. I am honoured, thank you very much, sir. Well, they say that Series 3 is when anything really, really kicks in. It's like the third pancake, isn't it? You, th yes. you throw the first two away, don't you? It's doing it by time. Yeah. And children as well. <laughs> so you can't say that to me. I've got I've, I've got my first kid now at nine months old. I can't throw her away already. <laughs> you perfect it by the third one. Trust me, I've got three. Don't I, say that. Not... I had three, I've got one. I'm joking. Right. <laughs> it's funny though, as soon as you have one, the first question you get from anyone else is, so when's the next one coming along? I'm like, yeah. can we get can I get used to this one first? You know I mean? you know? <laughs> it's like if you if you were stabbed in the street and someone came up and says, When are you when you next getting stabbed? <laughs> maybe can I heal this and maybe we'll talk about me getting stabbed again maybe yeah, can, can we fix this one first that'd be great thanks very much and also you're absolutely right about the pancakes whenever I make pancakes the first two are awful you're right you should write them up before you start it should be part of the process it's always sure. the pan I never have the pan hot enough and but I'm no one gets the pan hot enough it's, it's people don't get the pan hot enough to make pancakes and they don't get the oil hot enough to make chips those are two you know first First world worries, but you know, first world complaints, but nevertheless, <laughs> these, are the complaints. That, these are the things that matter, though. They really yeah. are. <laughs> uh, so, before we get started, how are you? Are you healthy and well and everything? I am. I'm good. Um, I guess I've been sort of lucky in that um, River City's been ongoing and picked up quite early in lockdown. So, I mean, so many people in my profession have been, have been struggling. And um, so, I, you know, I, I'm one of the Javi ones that's been able to work, you know, obviously not as much as before, but to have some meaningful employment and also to get to go to a place of work. I mean, I have done a lot of stuff in the house. Like there was one, there was one day a few months ago where I recorded a part in a radio sitcom. I did, I did a podcast and I did an audition all where I'm sitting now. And when I did the radio two sitcom, there was people in America and India. And I did think this is actually quite fun. This, this could be the future in a lot of ways. So, I mean, working practices will change. I mean, I know speaking to um, my nephew, for example, he started back at work and he's, he's actually quite enjoyed working at home, but he said, I do miss being around people, but the way they're going to do it now is he's going to go into work two days a week and work from home three days a week. And that's, he's going to love that. So I think people have realized that you don't have to be traipsing no. in and polluting the planet to get to your work and you don't need a water cooler. It's no. metaphorical. Um, don't get me wrong; I mean, it isn't. It, it, when, when I go into River City, which you know, I'm sure like, I know that you've, you've interviewed Gil Telver Stevens, the, the 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 quadruple threat that is GTS. But like, we're all sort of people. People, and we, it's just nice to have the, the energy of being around people, albeit two meters away, albeit doing our own makeup. Um, I'm not actually Asian. Um, <laughs> I haven't done the makeup. Um, but it is nice to be around people, but you don't, it doesn't have to be all the time. So, no, I'm, the short answer to the question is I'm well and um, thankfully quite gainfully employed. Good. I'm glad. I'm actually, I think I'm probably going to have to start working my way around the River City because obviously you, I've had Gail, Grant Stott, who is oh. an, obviously a new member yeah. of, your, of your team. He's been on, Jordan's been on as well. Jordan's so. been on, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to start marking you all off and and and, and try. It'll be like you know, remember the sticker books. You used I'll to go get to, have you not seen? Players. Have you not seen the figure in Panini River City River City sticker book? I haven't. Is this a real uh, thing? No. 
But if we talk about it like it is, it might become a real thing. And yeah. I'll become collectible. Need, need, need. I've got a change. Need, need, doubler. Need, need. I'd love to be. I'd love to be that is, I mean, I know we're jumping in straight into a Scottish memory almost immediately, but as a in primary school, everyone I can remember there was always one kid who had a massive pile of stickers, and you just go need it, need it, got it, got it, need it, need it, got it, got it, and try to so it was and, and how I remembered them all, I have no idea. <laughs> but also, how passionate you are at that age about anything, like I bet you. So you, you're, I'm guessing you, because I know that you're roughly the same age as Gail, so you must be around about 40, 41. Uh, 44. 44, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, you will remember, like it was yesterday, the, the sticker album from, say, 1980 or 81, probably, or maybe a little bit later. And I bet you if I showed you it now, you'd be like, you'd be able to name all the players because when you're that age, you are that passionate. I was, Amanda Iannucci talks about this. He's about the hero of mine. And I, I think he's done this in the sketch where he said, I know nothing about football, but... I can talk to you endlessly about the Liverpool team of 1982 or the Knott's Forest because that was, you know, he does this sketch where the people are talking about football, he'll drop in a thing about Brian Clough or about, you know I mean, some early 80s memory because that's what he's clung on to because yeah. like his brother was into football and he was by default, but also just being that age, you just, you're like a sponge, you absorb everything. And um, that's why I, I think I've become a child again during the big football tournament. So, like, last few weeks, I've been like a big kid again. I mean, I don't get the wall charts and sticker albums anymore, but I do feel like I'm eight again, which is a lovely feeling. The wall charts. And you, you know how many workplaces I've been where that, you know, they get it out of the paper and right. they put it on and start following along. You forget all these little things as well. And with the sticker albums, you were always trying to get... Remember the... The team logos were all the badges, special, and the, yeah. special silver. Well, they're shinies, shinies. They were yeah. like your, they were like the most collectible Pokemon's, weren't they, of, of their time? Uh, I always remember Kenny Dalglish was very hard to get when I was in primary one. Kenny Dalglish seemed to be, and he was at Liverpool at the time still. And he was the difficult one to get, and I think the Derby County badge. I can still see it. Honestly, just it lifts my heart when I even think about the Derby County badge. I've no other connection to Derby, but the Derby County badge from the 1978 sticker album. I do always remember as well, and correct me if I was wrong, but I remember as well, because obviously it would have uh, the English teams and the Scottish teams. You Mm. you get both, and the English teams would have double pages. Double pages, and the Scottish teams had single pages. Single pages at the back, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we're not going to go down that road, but in fairness, that's not fair. No, no, (laughs) we're going to reverse buck up that road, and I'll remind you, and you'll remember this, How we went off school at the end of June. I know exactly what you're going to say, yes. Three weeks for the English kids to go off school so we could watch the Pink Panther. For three weeks, we had nothing. And then when we went back to school, they had another three weeks while we went to school and they watched cartoons. You're absolutely right. honestly think that um, without wanting to go too heavily into politics, if the SNP had brought that up quite early doors (laughs) during the referendum... They would, have, they would have had a generation locked in if they'd reminded them how shoddily treated we were as kids. You're right, though. That's true. I remember that. You, the, the first two, three weeks of the Scottish holidays, no children's television on on anywhere. We were stuck with, like, Pebble Mill yep. and stuff like that. And then as soon as the English kids went on holiday, all the children's TV summer programs started. And, and you're right. We'd go back to school and they were still on. Yeah. And it was, it was almost like taunting us. And this is meaningless to anyone under the age of probably 30 because you've got, you, could watch, you could watch the Pink Panther at four in the morning any day of the week now. I mean, there's so many, like kids' channels, Nickelodeon and all the rest of it. I've probably aged myself seeing Nickelodeon. That probably isn't a thing anymore. But um, no, back in the day, when that was all we had. And then Michael's Cavalcade was all we had in terms of watching cartoons and the occasional random Tom and Jerry. It was like hen's teeth. So that three-week wait. And the other thing, Mother Gripe, while we're on it, (laughs) why don't you? I loved Why Don't You. Yeah, didn't love the Scottish version. It almost seemed like they were underfunded. Again, I'm not (laughs) implying there was any kind of political motive, but it felt like Bristol got the money that Glasgow didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. I always felt that when it came from Scotland, it wasn't as good. And And I always wanted to be on it. I wanted yeah. to be one of those kids on there. 
I remember also, seeing an interview with a producer from it once, and he said everything they did, all the letters that they wrote, because no kid ever actually wrote into it. Oh, really? So they just, oh my God, you couldn't get away with that now, could you? No, no. And you famously, famously, still the only television show or any show of any medium or any product of any medium which said, why are you consuming this? What You should be doing something else. Yeah, why what? don't you go outside and do something more? Yeah, the, the whole opening yeah, song was ethos. all that, wasn't it? Yeah. It was almost like, it was, it was a, li- a bit like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, existential divergence. Like, do you want me here or do you want me there? Do you want me to buy into this? But buying into this, you want me to up that tree? Yeah. It was yeah. a it's reverse psychology. You know, you and tell a kid to go do something, then they're going to say, no, I'm going to sit and watch this instead. And, and no one else has taken up that mantle. No one else has t- t- grasped that psychological um, mechanism. I don't know why. Yeah. But then Glenn Michael Cavalcade that you mentioned, I loved Glenn Michael's Cavalcade with Paladin the Lamp. And I mean, you again, you couldn't get away with that nowadays, just a lamp that lit up and that was his friend that he chatted to. Um, I uh, had a show um, with Donnie McCleary, who I write, who I do Facts and Mags and Bags with now, the Radio yeah. 4 show. We had a show, um, it was on Radio Scotland, then it was on BBC Choice, remember that, and then BBC Scotland briefly in a very graveyard slot. But it was called Shredded Week, and the idea was it was a listing show, and we'd review things in character. So, for example, Donnie would do a roundup of the soaps as Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. So you'd say, and finally, Hollyoaks, wipe them out, all of them. <laughs> um, and we would do an arch roundup as two Neds, before Neds were really done on telly. All right, ladies, I says, my name's Alan Jagger, I'm our car commander. Today we've been at Tron Theatre, see our bad magnet, my Douglas Hodge. And they'd end up reviewing the toilets. Um, but one, one thing that we used to do was we, we, would, um, we would record sketches as well. And we wanted a way of playing a sketch in the middle of this this sort of mock listing show. And we came up with the idea of me being Glenn Michael and Donnie being the voice of, of, of Paladin. And maybe we did that blue paint thing where you spill blue yeah. paint and then it would become the cartoon. And we did yeah. that, actually. And people thought we were taking the piss, but I genuinely loved Glenn Michael's Cavalcade and it was, it was affectionate for me. I mean, I back in the day when you could, when I had my Nokia, I actually spent an afternoon on a train programming the theme. I had to do it myself of Glenn Michael's cavalcade in my phone. And it went off in a meeting in Manchester and no one knew what it was. They all thought I was just a, not a dick. But if that had happened in Scotland, they'd be like, uh, yeah, Glenn Michael's cavalcade just after farming out. Look on a Sunday. Um, <coughs> um, no, it was a, uh, Glenn Michael's cavalcade was my little half hour of joy. And my mum and dad wrote into them for my birthday and I never got a mention, but I did get a letter back and I don't know what's happened to the letter. Wish I'd kept it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I can, I can remember, you can, I can remember the cartoons like nothing on earth. Birdman, I mm. loved Birdman, and Wonder Wheels. No one mm. ever remembers Wonder Wheels now as well. I'm like, this cartoon did exist. I promise you. And the only place uh, you could get Spider Man as well, which I loved. Was it? Yeah, he he, he showed Spider Man, and during the week you'd you'd maybe get like you know like the Tom and Jerry or the. Um, Wiley Coyote or stuff like that, but you wouldn't get Spider-Man during the week. You'd just get it if you were lucky on a Sunday. I can remember as well when TV programs, they didn't quite time things right. And if they needed to fill, they would shove a cartoon in. Yes. Because I, I think that's how I saw most of the, you know, the classic Disney cartoons. Yes. With with Donald Duck arguing with Chip and Dale and things like that. You know, they need, they need to fill three and a half, four minutes. So they just randomly put a cartoon in you'd be like score yeah you know the other thing they did and no one i know remembers this i remember being off school once i must have been maybe nine and they did that similar thing but they showed uh the abba fernando video with around a fire so randomly showing a video in the middle of the day and i loved abba as everyone should yeah uh and and um it, but yeah you could it wasn't like you know now, obviously, if you want to watch the Abba Fernanda video, you, you got on your phone in 30 seconds. But then it was like, no one told me this was coming on. Probably because they didn't know either. The schedulers are like scrambling on shelves, banging, yeah. banging Vitamix tapes into machines. Uh, but uh, simpler times, simpler times. Heaven. I also had, 
I, this is a genuine gripe of mine. It's like things are so easy to access now. And it sounds really Calvin is saying this, but it's almost like it's not worth the effort. Like if I wanted to hear Led Zeppelin 4 and I was 15 years old, I would have to go to Tom Russell's record store in Bishop Briggs and buy the bloody thing. Or phone Tiger Tim and ask him to play it. it, it, it there was a journey. And now yeah. there isn't. Now there's just bang. I mean, I, I, I listen to music walking the dog and I'll go, I'll go on YouTube music and I've, I've listened to all the songs I want to listen to because it's so easy to do. It's like, oh, I've done them all now. Yeah. I'm listening to this for the third time now. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like everything is too accessible. There's, there's no danger, not danger, but there's no, I don't know, there's no reward for it, I don't think. I think the only thing that we've kind of got, and I don't know if you do it, but I know that I still do. Now, I, 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 I love my DVD collection. I'd still like to have my films, you know, Aye. physically there. I've got them. But I could get them all streaming on countless different things. I've, and like I said, I've got a nice DVD collection as well. But you see if a film comes on TV, whether I've got it in my DVD collection, yeah. or I could stream it, if it comes on, yes. I will probably sit and watch it, <laughs> yeah. even though I could watch it at any time. It's weird, isn't it? We do, we've been doing that with the Harry Potters. It, it came on yesterday. And we've got it on our skybox saved. And you're right. Or Goodfellas will come on. You're like, I'll watch five minutes before you know it. Closing credits. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to DVDs, do you know, this is a bit of trivia for you. Do you know who's got the biggest lending library of animated DVDs in the world? Rick Astley. Really? Yeah, but he's never going to give you up. <sighs> oh, I love the way you walked right into that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Oh, I'm going to ask you the first question now as well. <laughs> so, quick elephant in the room. Now you're a you're a Glasgow lad, yeah, and, and yeah. I've read that you're a very proud Glasgow lad as yeah, well. Yeah, because I wasn't born here. That's what I was going to say. But mm. you were born in London, right? Yeah, yeah. So you moved up when you were what three? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not 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 by my own volition. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did just go. I don't like it here. I'm I said to mum and dad, I don't like it here. The people aren't friendly. No, I was three when the folks moved up. Yeah. So where did you move to in Glasgow? Where did you live in Glasgow? When we first moved up, my, so the reason we're in Scotland at all is my dad got a place in teacher training college in Dundee, which weirdly is where my daughter, his granddaughter, is studying. So it's all very circular. Um, so he got then he got his first actual teaching job in Glasgow, in Bishop Briggs. Um, and uh, we moved to a, 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 a Pokewee flat in Hillhead in Glasgow. So uh, we stayed in the sort of West End, like Hillhead area for a few years, maybe three years. I barely remember it. I was still young. And then we moved to Bishop Briggs when I was five or six. Um, um, so what's, what's, what's good about that is, is that, like, where, where are you from? I'm, I'm an Edinburgh lad. Okay, right. So you know you've got your ge geographical rivalries in Edinburgh. You, you have, um, what is the big ge geographical rivalry in Edinburgh? I mean, obviously, there's the the Hibs Hearts rivalry, which is probably if you're going to if you're going to split, then I would go Easter Road to to sort of Dal Rye area. There's, I mean, that's yeah. quite obvious, really. There, yeah. Well, in, in Glasgow, it's there's this big thing about West End or South Side, you know, and the South Side just think the West End is rubbing right, themselves okay. and blah blah blah. But we moved when we moved to Glasgow. First of all, we, we we settled in the West End, and then we moved to Bishop Briggs, which is <laughs> Glasgow has a West End. An east end, a south side, and a north, nothing. There's no noun. It's almost like it's not worth giving a noun to. It's like the north, like Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. Like there's White Walkers and Lindsay. So it makes me laugh my knocks off when I hear this west end, south side thing going on. It's so utterly meaningless. And also, I went to school in the south side, and we had a shop on the south side. So I'm very fond of the south side of Glasgow. I'm, I'm fond of all bits. The east end's the only bit I don't, I don't really know. But um, I remember going to, I was living in Hindland. I still do, actually, but uh, my first flat in Hindland in the West End of Glasgow. And I met up with pals who lived in the South Side, right? So just met up for like like a fry up in the cafe and, and just off Victoria Road in the South Side of Glasgow near Queen's Park. And so I'm having lunch with them and their pals come in just by chance and they sit with us. And so the guy says, so, uh, so where are you from? You're from around here? I said, no, no, I'm from, I'm from Hindland. And he went, oh, I. I said, what? He said, West End, is it? I said, hi. He said, yeah. You see, people stay in the West End, but they live in the South Side. 
What the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I just, I just love that people think that way, you know? Uh, it's it's funny, when you started talking about it there, you were talking about sort of the, the West End. So I said, I, my head, and maybe this is the, 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 the old drama school side of me, I started to imagine a full West Side story based <laughs> in Glasgow. I sort of like, da -na 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 -na. <laughs> all these Neds going about clicking their fingers. <laughs> no, but the thing is, it wouldn't even be Neds. It would be all these posh idiots from the West End and posh idiots from Clarkston. My dad's a lawyer. No, 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 no. My dad's a dentist. Um, it's, <clears throat> it does my head in. I find it really funny. <clears throat> so I, then you um, can say you can say the same. And I'm, I'm, I'm again. This is another elephant in the room that I'm just getting out there. I'm I'm, I'm an Edinburgh guy that loves Glasgow. Good but to see there you. is there is that. Mm. I'm going to say friendly rivalry because it is mm -hmm. a friendly rivalry. As soon as yeah. we leave. Scotland, we forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's Aye. only when we're here. Um, but uh, the, the, we've got that rivalry there. The, the, yeah. It's purely I mean, about, you know, it's silly stuff. It is silly stuff, but I mean, they are very different cities for, for very good reasons. I mean, uh, like uh, architecturally, they're very different. I, I maintain to this, you know, even the other day, I've been in row about two million and three times, and I still have to draw my breath when. I come out of Waverley and I see the castle. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. A unique-looking city. And Glasgow's a nice city. You couldn't see it as a unique-looking city. But they've both got very different atmospheres, I think. Yep. And also, I only had this explained to me recently, why there's so many music venues in Glasgow and hardly any in Edinburgh. And it's a whole licensing thing, isn't it? Is that the Edinburgh Council are much more draconian with the licensing or something like that? it's getting harder. We're losing. We're yeah. losing music venues all the time. And Edinburgh, a city that size should have, you know, you come to Glasgow, you could go anywhere from a 20-seater to the hydro and all stops in between and there'll be something going on. And obviously pre-lockdown, because bands weren't making money from recorded music, they were all touring. So you could see any size of band in any size of venue. Edinburgh, is a, you're really, really struggling and I think that really yeah. affects it as a... It really does. You've got, you've, got, you've got the festival, which is its own thing, but then... That's not really Edinburgh. That's its own entity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're you're right. It really does. Um, I mean, I, I can't tell you how jealous it made me when you guys got the hydro. Yeah. And I was like, it's literally in the car park of the SCCC. Mm. You've got like, like, could we not have something yeah. like that? You know what I mean? But the all you're right. The music scene and on that sort of thing here is severely lacking. I mean, if you look historically wise. The Edinburgh Playhouse, if you go back historically-wise then, 70s and 80s, that was one of the top music venues in the world. Everyone who yep. is anyone played there. That was the first gig I ever went to was the Edinburgh Playhouse. Me too. Who did you see? Haha, <laughs> Rainbow in 1983. I was 13 years old. And my brother took me and my brother and his two pals to see Rainbow playing live at the Edinburgh Playhouse. Yeah, I was really lucky. My mom and dad um, introduced me to some incredible artists when I was young. Um, I mean, my first gig on my own, mm -hmm. Kyle Minogue, 1989. Because, you know, Kyle Minogue. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I was young, they used to take me to, I saw John Denver, oh, I saw wow. the Everly Brothers, I saw Chuck Berry. Um, and, you know, these incredible... All in the Playhouse? All at the Playhouse. Wow. The playhouse. Um, I mean, you go, but like, Queen... Played there, Rolling Stones, um, Bruce Springsteen. They've all played at the Playhouse. Now, it's, yeah, but they would do residencies. Mm. They would be there for like a week because yeah. it's a 3,000 seater. It's the largest city theater in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a huge space when you're in there. Um, but well, I, was on the, I was on that stage once, uh, two years ago. Uh, we took Fags, Mags, and Bags to the Edinburgh Festival. And 4th FM had this kind of thing at the, the fourth Playhouse. The Friends show, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was on that stage, I couldn't quite believe it. And it was just, a, it was, we, we just did like a two-minute excerpt from the show. Uh, and um, I was really, really nervous about it because, like, no one had come to see us do two minutes of a, of a live radio reading. You know what I mean? They were, they were after something else. But it was amazing to be on that stage because, like yeah. I say, it was, that was a full 37 36 years after I'd been to my first gig there. Yeah. So that was There's a great nice. clip. Uh, Elton John did a very famous gig there with Fourth One, uh, which was just 
fourth FM, I think, at the time, right. um, back in the 70s, where it was live on the TV and on the radio at the same time. And you can still find this on YouTube. The whole thing's on YouTube now. Right. And it was a time where it used to have the whole old organ, you know, where it yeah. used to play with, because it was a cinema as well. Right. Um, and it used to have the old, the, the old Laurel and Hardy sort of did. Oh, the world, it's the sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he started the gig by coming up on that at the side of the stage playing I do like to be beside the seaside. <laughs> and it's sort it's like these these beautiful iconic moments and now three thousand seats isn't big enough for anyone to yeah. want to play. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a real it really shame. It is, it really is. I mean we've got a lot of cool things starting to come, uh, but music venue wise, we're struggling. We're really struggling. Mm. We're, uh, that's the one thing that I'm really jealous of you guys at. Really, yeah, and you know, people people always say that the the, the Glasgow crowds are uh, Glasgow crowds are. I mean, we, we do know how to party. I don't think that's a Glasgow thing. That's a Scottish thing, yeah. as has been proved. No Scotland, no party at the Euros. Yeah, we just know how to bring a positive energy to things. Um, I was so scared that, that it would turn nasty, but it never did. It just never did. There just seems to be a real goodwill at the centre of it all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're old enough to remember the ICF, the Hibs casuals and all the casuals yeah. that were yeah, yeah. ripping up train seats back in the, in the bad old days. But um, we certainly know how to just bring an energy. And, you know, with, with bands playing London, audience, oh, they're a bit jaded, a bit like, yeah, I've seen this, done this. But I do think there's still an element of when bands come up here, we're thankful that they came. And also, I, I do, and I've said this before, but I do believe it. I mean, I think a lot of people think that if you if you come to Glasgow, to Scotland, you're one of us. Even for that two hours, you're one of us. And, and the fact that you've come here is, you know, you're welcome and, and please join in. And definitely politically, I'm seeing, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, I don't want to get political, but I do think that we're more welcoming as a nation. A I think we are. And, and, and I'm very lucky with this channel because... I get people reaching out to me from all over the world, literally all over the world, that are wanting to come to Scotland or they have heritage or, you know, something something, something that's connected them that's made them interest, interested. And all the ones that have come, they've always commented on how welcoming, no matter where they go in Scotland, how welcoming people are when they start to chat to them. That, you know, if someone wants help, nine times out of ten, we'll go, yeah, okay, what's mm. wrong? You don't know where you go. Oh, fine, look, <laughs> and then we'll give them directions that they can't understand. But we tried. That's the main thing. Yeah. But how many times have you heard like someone from Scotland will go on the underground in London, and they'll just they cannot believe that people, you know, after about four days they tend to just have their edges taken off and they become like that. But for three days of that, I can't believe that people are so unfriendly and can't make eye contact and would walk past someone if they're on fire. Yeah. just wouldn't happen here. just wouldn't happen here. Yeah. My dad asked my dad not that long ago, because he, um, so he'd come over from India in 66, and then he came to Glasgow in 73. And I said to him, when did you feel like it was home? And he said, after about 20 minutes, he said, everyone was so friendly. I didn't fully understand what they were saying, but I felt the warmth. And uh, yeah, I could go with that. That's lovely. Yeah, I mean, that's not to that's not to say there's no racism or prejudice or anything like that, but I think, for the most part, I think people are welcoming here, and um, and I think nowadays we are becoming more accepting of everything, and I think it's something I'm very proud of. We mm. are, I think, one of the most forward-thinking nations. I think so. I think we are. You know, when it, anything from gender politics to politics generally to race politics, yeah, I think we are. Yeah, which is brilliant. And then mm. something to be really proud of. It really, and yeah. you wouldn't think it from you're right going back 30, 40 years, you wouldn't think of it. Mm. But now, yeah, let mm. us lead the way. We know what we're doing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pull back to uh, 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 <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to politics and so we'll come back a little aye, bit. Aye. So, growing up, mm -hmm. What about exploring Scotland holiday wise? Was it was it staycations and things like that? Did you get to explore well, a lot? We, my, my, uh, my dad loves traveling. Um, and, 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 you know, before he got, he's a bit too old to travel now, but he used to travel everywhere. And, and my mum, not so much, but my dad loved it. So we, 
got a caravanette and uh, we'd just do, like, we'd go up to places like um, Oban or um, uh, Loch Ilpid or a, a really lovely holiday to Aran. Aran, which I've always been fond of, and Aran, which has really upped his game, actually. As I think the whole Scottish tourism industry has, but that's another discussion. But um, so we would do like, like trips like that. Um, Aaron was amazing, like crazy golf, fishing, pony trekking, all of that stuff. But also, we would um, generally, and any Asian family would tell this, you always get someone visiting. So, A, you always need your way to the airport because there's this thing, there's this unwritten law in Asian culture, which is no one gets a taxi from the airport. Someone has to pick you up. So I can't tell you how many times we did the run to the airport to pick someone up. And when they were staying with us, we would show them Scotland. It was always Loch Lomond and the Trossachs and Electric Bray. Now, do you know what the Electric Bray is? I don't, no. Right. It's on the road to air and it's like a, it's an optical illusion. So it's a slope, but it's actually, you think it's going up, but it's not. So if you pour a glass of water, it looks like the water's going uphill. Or right. You okay. Volvo State up, uh, up a up a hill with your one pinky, and we would take people there, and um, so that was the place we'd go. Also, I don't know why we'd do this. We'd take them to cash and carries in Glasgow, and they'd buy sports socks. Like Glasgow was the <laughs> was the centre point of sports socks in the world. I don't quite didn't quite get the logic there. I'm sure you can get sports socks in India. I'm sure you can. Um, but yeah, we, we would we would do, and we do that thing as well of the Punjabi picnic. And again, you ask anyone, it's like you never ever go to a cafe. You always take your food, and it was always silver foil with either aloo puri or aloo prata with pickled uh, lemon, and um, always in foil. And it was just the best. It was the best. Um, and uh, generally speaking, if you if you go to a park, or you go to any kind of green area, you'll always see a, a family and the in the the mums are in shawakamizas and additional food out of the silver foil. Because um, that was a big thing in India, you know, doing little day trips and stuff like that. So it was, it was a tradition that was taken over to here. So we saw quite a lot of Scotland, actually. That's nice, because I never got the chance, we never got the chance to do anything like that when I was young. Um, for various reasons, you know, mom and dad's work and things like that, yeah. same as most people. Um, in fact, it's probably one of the things I've done least, ironically enough, is get, get around Scotland as much as I'd like. Um, I would, I suppose, in many ways, I was very lucky because we were, we would go abroad. You know, what I mean, it was, it was just, a, 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 and going back to you know seventies, eighties when I was growing up, that was a big thing. You know what oh, I mean? Right. But yeah. um, ironically, now I wish we'd done more Scottish holidays. Not that mm. I didn't enjoy them when I was a kid, the holidays we went on. But I, I, the amount of people that I've spoke to, like yourself, that they've went, oh, we jumped in a caravan and we went here, and we went there, and I'm like, I never did that. <laughs> Yeah, you change to the radiator. What when I was taken abroad? <laughs> <laughs> However, I could swim like nothing on earth. Mom and Dad used to say, you know, they'd, they'd go to these hotels, they'd sit by the pool, and I would be in the pool right. all day long, all day long, and then just spend half my time under the water. They'd get well, people was... coming up up to them, going, "Your son's been underwater for a while. Not going and help. Mm. Your son's been underwater." The one they go, "Yeah, we know. It's fine." Yeah. Then I'd pop up. Yeah, no, we, that's the one thing that like my kids are a bit older now, but that was a standard that, that wherever we go it has to have a pool. It's the one thing that united all three of them. Um, and uh, in fact, we had started a bit of a disastrous attempt at a holiday last week. I won't bore you with the details, but just because of COVID, they'd overbooked and all, and you have to book your swimming slots and they were taken for the whole week. I thought, why did we come here? We came here for the pool. We can't get into the pool. to book your swimming slots. Well, wow. that's what you have to do. That's the thing. You, yeah. It's for COVID reasons. So it's like, yeah, that was, we ended up just coming back the next day, which is a bit annoying. Um, but I do, I do think that Scotland, since I was a kid, has definitely upped its game. Uh, I think the tourists get tourism field in Scotland is a mm. different beast now. It's a different oh, animal. There's so much to do and see now that a lot of these places that didn't realise that people would be interested to come and see it of when, yeah. oh, okay, uh, yeah, we yeah. can we can give you something. I think I mean I think that just comes from the Scottish low self-esteem. It definitely does. It takes for Americans to come here and say your scenery is beautiful and say, he's right. Uh, it's beautiful. I never saw that before. And it, yeah, absolutely. The Scotland was beautiful, but I see now, I mean my 
one of my favorite places is is more 84 and monocle more and that that whole brand they they, they, they um they started in glasgow they've got basically a couple of cafes and a bakery and uh, they've got places in calendar like a more bakery and a more fish and it's it's that thing of you know the way they've taken the stag and they've made that like the icon of scotland but you get these really groovy stags it's kind of that, that's what they've done they said we've taken traditional scotland but we've really updated it with the best of bread the best of fish the best of meat uh and you go to more 84 and it's all beautiful bleached floorboards and and like uh shabby chic and stags it's it's like yeah the, it, you know even 10 years ago it would have been a horrible tartan carpet and, and, and yeah. you know, like all that you know the, the piper and the tin and all that stuff that's in the bin now we've got a scotland now that we can be proud to showcase to the world um and it it's just, funny though when you were talking about that i was thinking i was reminded by the old billy connolly bit where when you're a kid you don't realize that that's beautiful i remember yeah. him doing a sketch where appreciate he, he appreciate aye. Aye. <laughs> but he had these kids and he was going look at that kids and the kid like you know a beautiful vista mm. of highland hills and everything like that and the kids would run over and go what 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 because they don't know yeah that they're looking at the hills and those little plastic tubes with highlanders in them you're right we used to give them to each other yeah <laughs> i would have been embarrassed to give that to anyone outside of scotland i want no. that to be our little dirty secret you know and now you've got stuff you can actually you can you can buy like iron soap you can, you can buy genuinely oh harris tweed i love the way the Harris Tweed is finally kicking its height and getting the recognition it deserves of being used in the way it should. You can give someone a beautiful wee purse or bag or whatever or keyring, and it's actually properly, properly lovely. And, and it, this is the Scotland that should be, you know, the world should be seeing and is seeing now, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, and there's and there's so much going on with like there's a big rejuvenation of all the old whiskey distilleries around yes. Scotland as well that you can go and you can visit and you can see and a couple of ones that have been dead for a couple of years. I, don't, I think ghost distilleries are called that have been gone for a few years that are getting brought back to life because people are interested and they want to go see these places. It's like, well, yeah. okay, you can do yeah. that. Yeah, my my fr um, friend of mine, she did this thing. She she actually worked in the BBC and she was like really high flyer. But she wanted to chuck it all in, and her boyfriend lived in Jura, and they've got a business now where their boast is they can get you from London to this lodge in Jura in something like one and a half hours. They'll lay it all on, and you could be maybe that's a bit of exaggeration, but the point is you could be from built-up London to looking at that loch, yeah, you know, and no mobile signal in about two hours. And people are really uh, they're losing their shit over it. It's exactly what they want. Yeah. And the stags over there. And there's, by the way, the food's really great. And yeah, it's um, finally we're marketing ourselves in the right way, which is great. Yeah, we are. We and really there's, a, are. There's, a, there's a confidence, you know, which we never had before. And uh, I don't think we realised how appealing we were before. I don't think we re we got it. No, but also if you noticed as well, and I don't think this, I don't know if this is a function of social networking or YouTube or TikTok or whatever, but. The, the younger generation, I mean, I'm 50 now, right? So my, my kids are, 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 in fact, my daughter's 20 on Tuesday. I've got a daughter who's 17. I've got a son who's 14. They're so much more comfortable speaking their own accent and going public with it. You know, I see it in what Limmy does. I see it in what the Berniston boys do. I see it in what um, Gary Tank Commander does. I suppose still game as well, but they're playing older people. But people, are, they really don't care. They'll, they'll see what they like in their accent and they'll put it out to an international audience. And there's a pride there that wasn't there before. And um, I'm really enjoying it, you know? I'm really, yeah. really enjoying it. I think that Scotland just seems to be... I felt it as well when, just with the Euros there. Just, we had the best song, you know? We had the most, yes, I can boogie. It's, 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 it probably sounds a bit flippant to say it, but we, would, we, we had the best song and it was organic. It was, you know, it, was, it wasn't in any way... Um, kind of stilted. It no, was it just born out of a moment, wasn't it? Born it out of a moment. It was. It was and, Andrew Considine that mimed it, and then the Aberdeen fans picked up on it, and then the Scotland fans picked up on it, and John McGinn picked up on it. And there was just there was no embarrassment or cringe. You know what the cringe factor when you talk about Scottish culture? There was no cringe. It was just it was all good, and yeah. that, that was a lovely thing to see. The energy of it was lovely to see. 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember the last time we were in it back in 96, 97, because I was living in London at the time. Mm. I just went down to drama school at the time. But you're right about the accent as well. I remember moving down there and having to, and I've not got the strongest accent as is, but Sorry? still still having to lighten it down so that people could understand what I was saying. Mm. And then I'd phone home, I'd phone my mum and dad, and my flatmates would be going, you see when you go on the phone, I can understand the word you're saying. <laughs> but, and also know, as well, you, like, the, the way that we watch television as well, like, you know, people will say that, um, Oh, I love still game, but people not from Scotland. And there's a fairly sizable amount of people that watch it from outside of Scotland. Yeah. I mean, they'll say, I didn't understand it for a while, but once I did understand it, I was hooked. That's, that's the whole thing. It's like when I watched The Wire, it took me a full two episodes to understand what they were saying. But once I was in, I, I made the journey. I transported myself into that world and then pff, I'm in. I, I mean, and it's not even going outside of Scotland. I remember reading Train Spotting the first time, and it was page sixty-six or something, where I finally I got the rhythms and the cadences the of, of, of 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 the of the whole Leith thing, and I did feel like a Leith junkie by page sixty-seven. This, <laughs> middle, this middle-class private school-educated boy from Glasgow with Asian parents, you know, yeah, but by persisting, right. I'd, you know, and, and it, it, it's such a rich culture. I mean, that's the thing: Scottish Scotland has such a rich ancient culture. Um, and it's only been recently that that we've been properly proud enough to celebrate it. I had Ian Buchanan on a while ago, and obviously he's been a Scottish actor working in America for decades. But when Trainspotting came out, and remember there was all those silly stories of people around the world were having to watch it with subtitles, whether they spoke English or not, mm. um, when Trainspotting came out. And he said genuinely that when he lived in America, well, he still lives in America, that the amount of friends that were, say, asking him to come to the cinema with him to translate it, and it's not like five or six times in the cinema because people would get going, and eventually he said, I had to start saying no because I was just talking through the whole film, <laughs> telling my friends what they were saying. But the, and, but now, yeah, there's there's we own, we're like, no, this is how we sound. I'm Fine. not going to lighten it. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. Make, it. make the effort and, yeah. So when you so with that then, since you got to explore Scotland and with your work, is there places where if you get a gig in Scotland that you kind of go, oh, I love it when I'm working there, I love it when I'm filming there, or anything like that, or do you just love it all kind of the same? I, I mean, I do love most of it. I have to say, um, I do love like going to like places like Troon and Presswick and Irvine, and we were, in fact we were in West Kilbride the other day. I do love the coast there, um, especially when it's properly hot. It's amazing. Um, also, my, my, my wife's family are from Lewis, from the Western right. Isles, uh, and uh, went up to Luskintyre Beach in Harris a couple of years ago, and I'd not been there before. And I thought, if Netflix ever wanted to film heaven, they should come here, because it's Baltic, but my God, look at it. It looks like heaven. It is the most magical place. Just the, the Western Isles generally as well. I mean, I... Um, I tried to learn Gaelic for this documentary I was doing, where it was basically about me trying to learn Gaelic. So it kind of just made me a bit, it connected me to the place. I mean, obviously, because my, my kids are, you know, they've got Gaelic blood, and they've got Punjabi blood, not Gaelic, they've got like Western Isles blood and Punjabi blood in them. So I feel like I've got a connection anyway. So um, I, feel, I feel that connection as well. And it's always nice going to that neck of the woods. And because I did this documentary, they're always speaking to me in Gaelic, and I'm like... And that's all I've got. I've just got the basics. Um, I love Edinburgh. I love, do you know what? I'm particularly in love with Preston Field House. It's just such a unique place. So you turn a corner and there's a peacock talking to you and this amazing Rococo standalone building and you go in and it's just, it's so well done. It's so over the top, but in a good way, it's beautiful. Um, just, just George Street as well, all those lovely boutique hotels. Yeah. Um, I was staying in one the other night, the uh, Kimpton, which right. used to be, what did it used to be? It used to be, I can't remember. But the Scotsman as well is amazing. So we stayed in there once and we lucked out. We got the this um, executive suite thing because it was available and it was just amazing. Um, uh, 
Fife and uh, like St Andrews and St Mons and stuff is something that I've discovered laterally as well is a, is a beautiful bit. And I suppose the most unsung is the borders. I mean, it kind of gets um, forgotten about. It does get forgotten. It? It's beautiful. If I ever go through there on the train, I'm thinking, <clears> why are there not more people here? North Berwick is stunning. It's absolutely yeah. stunning. Really is. And, it's, and what I like about a lot of these places is they've gone a little bit hipstery. So you can get your kind of miso soup ice cream and all that. And there will be a guy with, you know, a beard down his belly button with, and a man bun. And I, I'm a bit of a sucker for that stuff. It's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't like tweeness. Um, you know, it's this whole thing about how Scotland is actually kind of modernizing itself and marketing itself. And even when you go to some of these more kind of not obscure, but like more geographically like isolated parts, there's still somehow the hipsters have found it. And I love that. I do love that. They do find their way everywhere. But I like, like East Lothian Council reached out to me. Well, not so much the council, but they, the council had put together a, um, a tourism team sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me to say, look, we love the stuff you do. Would you mind coming out to us and thing? And I'm like, I would love to, because the stuff out there is just beautiful. For the, obviously, they've got all their, they've got some more touristy things, like the kind of sort of go ape kind of things and stuff like that, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the, 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 you can't throw a stone for hitting a castle. You know what I, I mean? It's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It, it's beautiful. It's, it's good that you got both. Now you talk about go ape. I mean, if you go to Loch Lomond Shores, you've got the best of Scotland. You've got like, a, there's a house of Fraser and you've got the Scottish shops and then you've got the big, the, the, the tree zone and, you know, it's all there and it's all beautifully put together. Yeah. Um, it's like here, though. It's like in Edinburgh, because obviously the new St. James Quarter has just oh, opened. Oh, it's got flooded. Got flooded. Right, yeah. <laughs> really badly. <laughs> but then in fairness, like they had, uh, the whole of Edinburgh had half of July's rain in an hour. Yeah. And it just, like Stockbridge, flooded completely. And God. the roof the roof that's in there, they've got a beautiful canopy glass roof. And if it was just normal everyday yeah. rain... It would have been absolutely yeah. fine, but that rain was bad. Um, but yeah, so we've got this beautiful one billion shopping center, which is full of the kind of shops you'd expect. You know, mm-hmm. your your branded shops, and so, and I, I'm actually very much for you know support the local businesses, and I try to show local businesses as much as I can. But that's important as well. You know what I mean? It's important to have these big as well as the little things that embrace yeah. our culture and embrace our locals, it's important to have these big things as well because people want a bit of both. People really do. Yeah. But I, I guess the idea is to give them level equal pegging, level, level yeah. pegging. Because there's a, um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a, there's a really brilliant shop in the Buchanan Galleries in Glasgow. So let you say you've got your, your Echo shoes and you've got your Starbucks and Costa and boots and all the rest of it. And then you've got this amazing... Um, shop that sells old, it's all Scottish artist stuff. Um, and it's, also it's reasonably priced as well, that's the other thing. Um, and it's uh, it's there in amongst all these other shops, you're thinking there's no, there's no cringe factor, there's no, oh, we're just a wee, wee Scottish shop. It's like, no, we're as good as they are. Yeah. In fact, we're better because you can get this in Coventry, you can't get this in Coventry. You yeah. get all of that in, you know, Waltham, so you can't get this here. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's about you both are important and they both should feed each other, hopefully. Yeah, the, the, hopefully you should. Like, having a little shop like that in amongst all these big shops is mm-hmm. brilliant because people will go to their Next and their their uh, Ralph Lauren and all these sort of things and go, yeah, I can. And, but you're right, you can get them in any one of their shops and then next door you might get mm. a beautiful local sculptor I don't know anything you know what well I mean? that's the it's thing like, if you, if you go like, I, I was working in Ipswich recently <clears throat> and I was walking around the town centre I thought if you just drop me here there's nothing here to say I'm in Ipswich you know it's, it's, it's almost like I, I do a joke where there's always a river island next to monsoon because clearly the monsoon the rainfall created the river island but it's, but it's almost all the same bloody shops Watsons and all that, and which is all you know. Look, I'm a total consumer. I'm a total tertiary. You know, I, I I love spending money. I'm a total consumer, and I love all that stuff. And I'm probably I'm probably more urban than rural anyway. I'm more of a city kid. But what is there to say that I'm an Ipswich here? There's nothing. Yeah. Um, 
So you Apart need from the that. fact it might say it on the Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks oh. Ipswich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Mm. I like to finish off with what I call difficult questions for us Scots. Okay. Um, so again, I don't know your, if you're a vegetarian or if you don't drink. I don't know anything like that. So if any of these don't fit, feel free to change it to something uh, you know appropriate. But um, okay. shortbread or tablet? Shortbread. Tablet's that too was, sweet. Uh, see, I, there's, there's, no, no. Tablet gives me ulcers. I'll take a little cube of tablet, and that should be, it gives me the the the, the 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 mouth ulcers. Shortbread, I can I can, and also shortbread, you can dunk in your tea, and it will maintain its integrity. I love my shortbread tea. I love, I love short. I'm addicted to it. Iron brew or whiskey? Iron brew. I'm not a big fan of whiskey, and I wish I was. I keep giving get given really nice whiskey, and it's wasted on me. But then nothing and, wrong with a bit of iron brew. There's nothing. And wrong I used to I used to make iron brew ice cubes when I was a kid. <laughs> Just pour it in the tray and and watch Wimbledon eating iron brew ice cubes. It's like that. I remember seeing a thing on, you know, he used to get these hacks online and, and people would say, if you've got any old wine, turn it into ice cubes and then you can put that into your white wine and it won't dilute it with water. And then someone turned around going, who's got old wine? <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with the iron brew. Who's yeah. got old iron brew to put yeah. in there? <laughs> also, I've, um, got an iron, I've got an iron brew kilt, a kilt of iron brew tartan. Which that's kind of cool. I, it is cool, but I can't wear but it. But does it clash with everything? It clashes with everything in the world. I mean, everything in the world is, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's just a bit too much, but I'm glad I've got it. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, haggis, neeps and tatties or mints and tatties? Haggis, neeps and tatties. See, I love um, haggis. I love haggis, and also I prefer my mum's Punjabi mints to, to Scottish mints as, anyway, but haggis, neeps and tatties I love. Yeah, and I even like I, veggie haggis. I like veggie haggis, and it's get all these veggie dishes getting are just getting better and better. Really, yeah. last yeah. but by no means least, this is what everyone tends to find the hardest: mm -hmm. um, tonics, tea cake, or caramel wafers. Uh, caramel wafers, because I don't like the false mallow. Do you know when you get the two versions of snowballs, which are very different yeah. from each other? I prefer the, the sponge coconut ones. I'm not a mad fan, but as someone who has worked for tonics in the past. Um, I probably shouldn't express the preference anyway, as I'm the voice. They're of all just as good. They're all they're, just they're, as good. Yeah, but I do. <laughs> I, I have to say, I do prefer the um, the, the caramel wafer. I think some people have found that the tonics is maybe for a special. The tea cakes maybe for a special occasion. Yes. And the caramel wafer again, good for dunking in your tea. Good for dunking, or or, uh, Stuart, or Angus, <laughs> or your iron brew. <laughs> Sanjeev, this has been a, a genuine joy chatting to you. I have loved every minute of it. Thank you for sparing the time and coming on. Um, I wish and I thank you for thank you for opening Series 3 for me. Thank you so much. Uh, no worries. It's been my pleasure. That was brilliant. That was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. It actually did. The Still Game is, is a program that's held so dearly <laughs> in Scotland that it almost, it almost kind of felt like talking to Scottish sitcom royalty a little bit there. That was lovely. Sanjeev, thank you so much for sparing your time and coming on and chatting to me. It was, it was a genuine pleasure, genuine pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, please remember, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe if you haven't already. But till next time, bye humans. Mm -hmm.